0: from this spot. And he's with the save of his life.
1: The hero off the bench for the US! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. No Orlando City really to talk about today, but we've got another undefeated team: the Orlando Pride. The Orlando Pride folks are undefeated. We're going to talk about their last game up in D.C. We're also going to talk about the U.S. men's national team pulling off the huge extra time win over Mexico. That was exciting. We're going to talk about uh, the Florida Cup. Because that was some big news that we missed last week that unfortunately came out right after we finished recording last week's show. So we're going to talk about it this week. The Orlando City Academy played, the Central Florida Panthers played, and of course we're getting to get into our weird news and red cards. But first, let's welcome in the crew, of course my name is Austin David, but we have Kyle Foley and Brad Newton here today, which means, hashtag fire Gavin.
2: Yep. I'm willing, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I'm actually willing to give Gavin a pass for once. You gave him a pass last week, didn't you? Hmm. Last well, last week's like we all had to give him a pass. He was moving like in the physical act of moving, so it's different. This this week, I'm actually of my own volition willing to be a little considerate. After this week, though, anytime he misses, he deserves to be fired. Hmm. I'm actually pulling up an injury
0: report here that Orlando City put out last week. It says here, Gavin Eubank out, coward. So, oh, wow. oh I,
2: well. In that case, I retract my defense.
0: Yeah. I mean, you I hate to, go to see side it. With the injury report.
2: To be fair, um, the
1: official Orlando City injury report wouldn't say that. It would say lower or upper body injury. No, no, no. It I, it
0: says right here, coward. Wow.
1: Communications actually uh, putting information. That's that's there, how
0: serious like that. it was. They actually told you what was wrong there. Wow. I mean, Gavin, man. Yeah, anyways, so uh, no Gavin this week, just the three of us, and a very undefeated Orlando Pride team.
1: A very undefeated Orlando Pride team. The most undefeated. The most undefeated piece of art that you have ever seen. Orlando Pride went to D.C. to play the Washington Spirit, and it, it was very similar to the first game of the season, where a lot of battle back and forth. Washington kind of took over in the second half. They scored a goal. Orlando Pride battled back. Got a quick goal a few minutes later and saw the result. If this team can win their games at home and draw their games on the road, they will finish first in the NWSL this year.
0: I mean, that's that's what you look for, right? Is taking at exactly. least a point on the road. So if they're yeah. able to do that, that mind you, they they're the only undefeated team in the NWSL right now. So, the, looking just strictly on on the face of that alone, um they are 2 points clear of the Thorns right now. Um just sort of looking at how they've been playing, I mean, they they it, it hasn't been they haven't really been overwhelming teams, but they have been doing exactly what you've needed them to do in order to get points. And I think in a in a season like this, that's kind of what you need teams to do. It's going to look weird if we still have an Olympics and all the other competitions that go on. But again, who knows what that looks like? And I, I would like to point this out.
1: Crazy stat of the day. This is the first time in their team's history that the Orlando Pride have been in first. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but if you go back and look at every year, even 2017, they never got higher than third.
0: Well that I mean, you're also talking about like when North Carolina was basically at their peak. Yeah. So I don't I don't think there's there's never really been another time where they probably could have been in first place.
1: They were in second in twenty eighteen.
0: Yeah. But And I, then it, they lost that, like all which, their last couple games. Hey, yeah, we don't want to talk about that one. That one's not fun. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's one of those things where Orlando is looking really good. They didn't have Cena LaRue who I've who I've sort of picked at the beginning of the year to to really sort of be that sort of comeback player for the pride. Um, they didn't have her but they they still managed to pull out a result and I, I think that that was sort of the difference there and not having that sort of offensive presence up top is was definitely felt for the pride I think.
1: I they still did well enough without Sid. because Again, Sid not being there, it really did not help Alex, because the first half of the game, Alex Morgan was on an island with no one to help her, and it showed. Every time they tried to get a ball down to her, there was four other defenders just kind of waiting for her to turn, and that was it. That was the attack for the Pride, almost exclusively in the first half. And then second half, Mark Skinner... Shifts up some tactics, starts getting more numbers forward. And the goal they scored came off a very rare mistake from Aubrey Bledsoe. You don't see that very often where she just turns the ball over trying to start the counterattack. But she threw it basically right to Marta. Marta taps it to Taylor Corniak. Corniak takes a nice big touch around her defender and slots it far post. Fatality. Taylor Korniak, uh, they were talking about it on the broadcast and Kaylen Kyle was talking about it a lot on the broadcast she she repeated herself quite a bit in the broadcast but that's neither here nor there the point of the matter is she was talking about how it wasn't just her height that sets her apart it's her ball skills and her movement that is deceptive and quick when she looks like she may not be able to move like that because of her height Uh, and she is the tallest player in the league I've been making jokes in the press box that in in a pinch he could play center back and win headers because, let's face it, this team, all the goals they have conceded seemingly have been from either set pieces or uh, lofted balls into the box because this team has a really bad time of trying to win balls in the air. Yeah, and if you go back and watch all the film for that, it's just like... Yeah, Ali Krieger is a great defender, but when you put a ball up in the air, she can't jump as high as she used to be able to. And
0: it's it's one of those things where when you do have a a backline that isn't um that's kind of slowed down a little bit, they do have sort of a difficulty having uh sort of getting involved in some of those set pieces. Mm-hmm. And again,
1: you have a player like Phoebe McLernan who's young and she's still getting her timing right when it comes to to headers which she's had a college experience you would kind of hope that she's gotten to that point but the nice thing is that she's still young enough that you can work on her with that and get her timing a bit better funny enough when we were talking to Allie Krieger after the game the first thing she did uh I think actually Mark said that she came over to him and said we're working on set pieces when we get back home. Like that's that was the first thing that she said. Did, didn't even say, "Hey, good job on the point." Like, "Hey, congrats." It's like, no, we're working on set pieces when we get home. He's like,
0: "All right." Yeah, I mean, even even in the Challenge Cup, I remember. Um, didn't they didn't they give up that first goal of Louisville off a set piece? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, th- I believe it was a. I think it was a corner that they that Louisville scored on. But uh, mm-hmm. either way, uh, that has been something that the Pride have needed to work on. Um, I mean, even, again, if, even if those are two goals from set pieces that they've given up, that's half of the goals that they've given up so far in the year are from set pieces. Um, if it's just those two alone. So, yeah, that, that could be an area that they definitely want to work on.
1: Well, the nice thing is they are doing well defensively despite that lapse. Like, if you look at the statistics, Washington had, I think, 24-something shots on on goal. Not on goal. They had 24 shots total and only like six on goal. Yeah. I I talked to to Mark about that after the game. I asked him, like, this speaks a bit to your defense, doesn't it? Because, let's face it they didn't really challenge goal and when they did you have a player like Ashlyn Harris to be able to to save your butt a bit and the the saves that she made they she made them a, look a bit more difficult than they probably were um what the the first save she had in like the 20 somethingth minute where she got down to deny the um the free kick from who was it sanchez i think she she had time to read that and she just kind of made it look a little bit more difficult as she dove to save it and then the the second save, again, kind of similar situation where she had time to read it. She was in good position and made it a little bit look a little bit more uh, dramatic than it probably needed to be. But that's going to get her save of the week, and <laughs> it's probably a nice little pay bump. I don't know. Do they get pay bumps for winning awards like that, like a little bonus
0: or something? Um, I I don't know if that's I don't know if that's true. Uh, but yeah just looking looking at it Washington outshot Orlando 21-9 with six on goal to Orlando's two that were on goal so mm-hmm. yeah that's uh, they 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 are giving up some shots but i think i think it's it's one of those things that if we're looking at set pieces if that's their main Achilles heel i think they're going to probably continue to give up some shots but not really give um too many different offenses. Clean looks at at goal there.
1: Right. I mean, a lot of the shots that Washington took were outside the eighteen.
0: Yeah, those are those are more just you, you're just trying to get something on goal to see if you know.
1: Right, but that's that shows player, that there's player. right, right. But that shows that Orlando's defense is frustrating the other team and forcing them to take shots that they probably shouldn't be taking. Right.
0: No, that's that's exactly it. It's it's you you're as an offense if you're being forced to take bad shots you're just you're trying to get something on frame and that's all you can really hope for yeah
1: and again with the pride's offense you talked about how they had nine shots and two on target
0: which again they're also missing one of the biggest contributors to their offense in the room so
1: right but i will say that first half to second half you went from two shots total to nine shots by having seven shots in the second half. So you can see the big difference that the second half made for the pride just offensively because they actually created more opportunities for themselves. Yeah. And again, Aubrey, Aubrey Bledsoe is a hard keeper to, to beat. And the Washington spirit defense is pretty good. They have Torrey Houston Emily Sonnet, Sam Staub and Kelly O'Hara as their backline. That's pretty good. And they're one of the best teams in the league. So, Getting a point on the road in Washington, down one of your best offensive players, you take that every single day of the week. Now, here's the big question. Players are heading off for the Olympics and for qualify, not qualifiers, for the uh, different tournaments that they're being held beforehand. So as of right now, here's who's going to be leaving. It's going to be Alex Morgan. Aaron McLeod, seemingly. She's been called up for the last couple games for Canada, so I'd assume she'd be gone. Then you also have Ali Riley, who'll be going up for New Zealand. Marta for Brazil. And then potentially, Ali Krieger and Ashlyn Harris.
0: Uh, so
1: that's six players I that mean, you'd be losing.
0: I would... I- of the two, I probably say Ashland Harris probably leaves before Ali Krieger does,
1: unless there's an injury.
0: Yeah, but I mean, even still, it it, it could happen, but I'm not so sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, Krieger and Harris are allocated, so they're in the selection pool. Yeah, no, I, I, there's no guarantees.
0: Yeah, I I think I think if you look at the recent selections. I don't. I don't really know if if Krieger will be called up and um, uh, Harris maybe just because of her recent play and the the save she has been able to make. But even still, um, I'm, they are. They, you're right. They are allocated, but I'm less sure if they actually will get a call up.
1: Right, and the Pride have actually prepared for this. They've seen, they have five keepers on roster. Basically, they have. Not only Ashton Harris, but they have Erin McLeod. Who, if she's called up, they have three other keepers uh, to back up. So they have Brittany Wilson, uh, Gabby English, and uh, Kaylee Collins. So yeah, if if, so. if it comes to that, they're they're pretty deep at the the possession.
0: So they, they there will be some absences felt. It's just the extent to which we still don't really know yet.
1: Yes. But they're prepared for it. Right. And that's that's the best thing. You know, Jade Moore hasn't even played this season. She played in the Challenge Cup and she hasn't played at all the regular season because she's been hurt. And she's been supposedly one of your best defensive midfielders. Mark's been raving about her for months. So to have this kind of start without one of your best midfielders is also impressive. Cause it can be it can get better. The biggest question is going to be, what's going to happen in the attack? Because once you lose a player like Marta and Alex Morgan, you're going to be relying more on Taylor Korniak up top.
0: And also, it, and I, I don't know if Cindy LaRue would probably get a call up either, but... I, mean, I
1: think she's on the she's still on the outside looking in right now.
0: Yeah, that's that's sort of how I feel about it too. I think if if she didn't Well pick think up
1: about that, it, how many people do they have for the US women's national it's, team it's, in the
0: attack? It's, it's so it's deep so absurdly deep. It's but I mean if you just look at it on its face, if you look at her play from this year alone, I think Larue probably could earn a call up to camp. But mm-hmm. um but but that's but that's just me. Um, I'm, I'm really high on her right now, so I, I think her picking up a knock and not being able to play, uh, probably in this last match probably didn't do her any favors as far as that potentially goes, but it could help out the pride, you know, say if, like you said, you know, you're missing Marta and Alex Morgan. Now, suddenly if you have Korniak and Leroux, that's, it's, it's not the same, but you probably don't feel it as hard as you otherwise would.
1: Mm-hmm. And you you have a player like uh, Erica Timrak, you have players like Chelsea Washington, Abby Kim on the bench. Uh, you have player like Crystal Thomas, who's back up forward. They have a bit of depth that they can pull from. Not obviously the same quality as Marto or Alex Morgan, but they can get by. And it's going to be interesting to see how Mark Skinner deploys this team once these players leave. Because as of right now, They're going to miss the game on July 4th versus North Carolina. They're going to miss the Olympics, which is all of July. And then if the U.S. makes it to the championship gold medal match, they'll miss the August 8th game because the championship game is August 6th. So that's for the U.S. at the very least, for Alex Morgan's sake, that's six games that she would miss. Yikes. Which isn't terrible. I mean, it's not terrible. It could be a it's lot not worse. Not
0: terrible, but
1: it's that's not great. No, it's all of July, so you're missing um, during the Olympics. You're missing games against Racing Louisville at Portland, home against the Rain, and at North Carolina.
0: Yeah, definitely aren't I, the
1: easiest teams to play.
0: I, I think the bigger, I think that six number is still a uh, that's that's not a that's not an insignificant amount of games. True.
1: Now here's the thing. So, as teams are eliminated, players will come back as yeah. as that happens. So you could have Marta and Ali Riley back as they go along. In, and I think Ali Ali well, Riley being being gone is also going to be important because with Ali Krieger and Courtney Peter and Phoebe McLernan playing center backs, and Ali Riley playing right back, I think that Yon's daughter moves back to right back to keep that formation as as clean as, and as concise as possible. And then you start getting a player like Erica Timurak or Jade Moore back into the mix
0: at defensive mid. And then, not to say that who knows how soon that they might get eased back into the lineup or, or how long they, they you know. Yeah, you might need
1: a little bit of a break after all of that.
0: Yeah, especially going to Japan and then coming back, you might need a little bit more time. Um, and also may have to quarantine. Right. Because <laughs> so, we're still. That whole situation. Because there's still a pandemic going on. so Yeah, um, and it's bad over there. Yeah, so who knows? Who knows how that's going to go? That's a real interesting conundrum we find ourselves in.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, have you started hearing about what's going on with Brazil and Copa America?
0: Oh, no last i last i heard they had moved it over to brazil
1: yeah Um, so all of like from what i heard all of the brazil players are boycotting it and Brazil's just like all right fine we'll just find other players to play for us
0: oh so they're getting like the brazilian remake of the replacements
1: yeah very potentially
0: oh uh so it'd be uh mateus Ayas, come on down (laughs) so it'd be sean falcao Instead of Shane Falco.
1: <laughs> Diego Costa, come on down. Ooh,
0: buddy. That's <laughs> not he's not gonna play for Brazil. <laughs> Uh-oh.
1: He already made his one time switch. He can't, anyways.
0: Yeah. And also he is old.
1: Yeah. And not a great person. Anyways.
0: Um, yeah. So
1: anyways. <laughs> uh we'll we'll get to that once uh once the Olympics start coming around but it's I don't know I'm interested to see how Mark Skinner does with uh half his team gone at least half of his starters gone
0: it's just one of the things you have to account for right and it's, it's, I, I will it's... say though
1: like we've we've talked about Mark Skinner quite a bit on this show I'll give him credit where credit is due because he has done what he said he was going to do to this point at least he said You know, it may take some time to get things working, but we have a system in place. I believe in the system. I believe it will work. The players believe in it, and they've talked, they've sung his praises. And now you're finally starting to see results. And that's the biggest thing when it comes to a new coach. It's like, all right, well, prove to us that you're going to be the guy you say you are. And for the first two years, it wasn't. The team struggled and struggled mightily. 2019 was a year to forget. 2020 didn't really happen. And you came into twenty twenty one with very low expectations, and you start the first five games undefeated. Credit where credit is did you due. Do you say twenty ten? Twenty twenty.
0: I think now that he's really able to sort of implement his system the way he wants to, and actually like have the team sort of being able to work on it together, that you kind of see what the what the original intent of what this team was going to be looking like.
1: Mm-hmm. i will also say that a big reason of their success not just because of mark it's because of the the closeness of the team if you looked at some of the players instagram stories during britney wilson's bachelorette party where uh they had a sign hanging out in the background saying same Penis forever which i got yeah, to, I, I, uh, I got a nice uh, chuckle out of that
0: yeah that's a pretty standard yeah it
1: thing. is but it's not something that you would necessarily expect to see on the social medias of the players, or maybe you would. I probably would. Uh,
0: I, th- I. It's on brand. Uh, Ashlyn Harris is pretty well documented for being, uh, uh, let's say generous with her content. Wink, wink. Yeah, um, I mean, she started in. Media.
1: Yeah, in that in that bachelorette party, she started. To which
0: we are we are still thanking her for this content. So.
1: Indeed, but in that in that bachelorette party, they had video of her singing uh, "Ho" by Ludacris, you know,
0: and then yep. pointing at at, at Allie. <laughs> So, you know, just point to your wife. Anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things where it, it just looks like they're having fun, which is cool. Right, we like to see people get along and have fun, especially when it's your team.
1: Exactly, they provide excellent content for the fans. And they're enjoying each other's company, which makes them want to play for each other and not just for themselves.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Glad to see everyone getting along.
1: That is that is always important. Everyone, I everyone can't gets. Along. Ever
0: think of another Orlando team that had a dysfunctional locker room at any one point, and that probably led to it having a sudden and imminent collapse? Nope, nothing ever. Sticks out. the one player not getting along with others. Nope, nope, nope. Nothing comes to mind.
1: Speaking of definitely not coming to mind, let's talk about Orlando City. <laughs> uh, all right. Nothing much to talk about. Players are on a break. They're, they're not going to be back for another week or so, so it's there's not going to be too much. Uh, there are players that are still training in town. Uri Rossell and Alexandra Pato are back on the field getting some runs around, so that is always great to see. They'll be slowly integrated back into the team, and hopefully, I wouldn't say by the game against Toronto, but maybe the San Jose game, you start seeing them make the bench, which would be fantastic if it were to happen. But we'll see. We will see. The only other thing with Orlando City right now is there was a rumor on Goal.com that Rayo Vallecano and uh, Granada... Are interested in Mateus Ayas. Now, sure. Mateus, Mateus Ayas uh, has played six games goal. for Orlando City. Uh-huh. He scored a goal that was a deflection. Off a-, of his, a goal. A goal. He's 24 years old and he hasn't really played. I've talked to uh, Oscar Pereja a number of times about him and he's like, yeah, he's just, he's not quite grasping what we're wanting to do here. And I think teams are seeing that and saying, well, he's being wasted at your side. Let us take him off your hands.
0: Sure. I mean, probably. Yeah. I mean, I I do take reports from goal.com with a huge rain of salt because they also had Zaha going to Arsenal like a week ago. So who knows? Yeah.
1: Who knows? Well, the article says that the expectation is that by the end of june there will be an outcome
0: yeah i mean i could see it if they if they don't really have a need for him and he just isn't if it just isn't working then yeah sure try to get some kind of a return for him
1: right and if you're bringing daryl dk back you need a roster spot so
0: yeah that's i mean sure that's about, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, for a guy who really hasn't played for Orlando city and, and I mean, sure. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> we well, having, I have a heart. I have a hard time getting any kind of feeling about IS like at all. Yeah. Like not being a part of this team. He's just like kind I, of, he's I, I, there. He's just a dude. That's all.
1: It's just a guy trying to find his way in the world. We were having this conversation uh, before we started recording the show about who would you compare Mateus Is to if he were to leave Orlando City with six six games played and one goal. Who did
0: you Who did you decide on? Uh, I think I ended up on. See, at first I was kind. Of, I was I was kind of leaning towards. I wouldn't say Eric Avila, but uh... Eric Avila played way more games than that. Yeah, and so did Carlos Asquez. So how about Rubinho? They're not, they're not exactly great comparisons. Rubinho is a good shout. I'm just going off of guys who have like a goal. Well,
1: like, guys who have
0: a goal is like guys who have a goal and haven't really played that much for PC the club. Yeah, yeah. PC is, you know, there. Dylan um, Powers. Yeah, actually, Dylan Powers is probably the best comparison I can make.
1: I I, I like a Dylan
0: Powers. Although I don't think Is is going to quite go to a club like the same tier as Dundee United when, when he moves on, but sure.
1: Yeah. Hey, listen, Dylan Powers is playing in Europe.
0: I mean, he's playing in the Scottish Premiership. I mean, that's... That's in Europe. That's certainly something.
1: Yeah. Danny Mwanga, also a shout. He played in six games and scored a penalty in the U.S. Open Cup. I don't know. Folks, if you have an opinion on who best compares to Mateus Ayas, <laughs> please let us know by tweeting us at ORL Soccer Show.
0: Imagine having an opinion about Mateus Ayas. I don't
1: know. Kyle, are you still there?
2: Do you have an opinion
1: on Mateus Ayas?
2: Yeah, I have absolutely no opinion <laughs> at all. Fantastic.
1: And with that, we move on from Orlando City. It's like having
0: an opinion about MPG at this point. Like, <laughs> okay, sure.
1: Hey, MPG was at least a designated player. Yeah, scored one goal. Yeah. Had four assists, though. In 1,800 minutes. DP-level player
0: yikes on bikes yeah
1: that's why he's he's not there anymore
0: yeah all right david mateus <laughs> we can go down this list of we guys could
1: who- we could there's a long list unfortunately hey, didn't it, you're didn't- telling me <laughs> you're
2: telling a team that has been less than mediocre since coming to mls outside of this last year has a lot of players over the years that were completely inconsequential that is wild there is no way how about I'm Lu- just gonna ooh, say, ooh, hold on. How about Luis Gill? Mm. Hmm.
1: He played well, in
2: 19 we, games, we- but only played 700 minutes. Could literally name like 30 players, and it would all apply. That's, this is, yeah, you a right. futile exercise. It's true.
0: Um, I know, I know he had a, he had an Olympico the other day, but doing a real league, Pier de Silva.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: In my personal record book, that didn't count.
1: The the Olympico, yeah, <laughs> it just didn't count because you didn't want it to count.
0: Do it in a real league.
1: <laughs> so you're telling you're you're saying the same thing to Pierre de Silva that you're saying to Kyle Aaron.
0: Yeah, do it in a real league. The <laughs> USL Championship. What is that? What is the Turkish league then? At least they get people in Champions League.
1: Yeah. But you're sa- again you're saying the same thing to Pierre De Silva that you are
0: There's a, uh, let's let's be in my personal record book there's four real leagues on 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 the planet.
2: <laughs> All right, what uh, are they? USL. <laughs> you want my four real leagues? I All want right. your four number, real leagues.
0: Number 1, Scottish Premiership. <laughs> uh number 2, Turkish Premier League. <laughs> uh number 3, uh
1: singaporean s league
0: Uh, yeah yep that one that's the one i'm going with and then uh number four is the nba
1: (laughs) (laughs) love it all right well let's let's go from talking about league action to international action the u.s men's national team played mexico for the concacaf nations league uh
0: before before you move on Uh i actually do have some late breaking news here oh um uh nani has picked up a two match ban for hector herrera's foul uh that was not called in at the end of that match so sorry guys looks like we're not gonna have nani for two more matches they, they instead
1: of punishing the player that fouled they're just punishing nani on his on his behalf
0: yeah can't go uh, look her can't go 2 can't go studs up with two feet uh while making a tackle and so for that we're gonna give a two match ban to nani so
2: sorry guys you're also forgetting the additional three matches added on top of that from Martino touching the ref ah uh, no no he's it, those go to Atlanta United oh, okay I wasn't sure where the disciplinary committee had
0: landed on that one it's the first time Atlanta United's ever actually getting disciplined for anything so but yeah that was a that was a just like hmm how to describe it it was like just doing a mountain of cocaine that's what that game was like yeah that's a good way of putting it
1: where it just got crazier and crazier as the game went on
0: like there were several moments in it where i'm like there, so watching that watching that match i there were several moments where i'm like this is not football this is soccer what france did in the 2018 world cup that is football What is happening here in Concacaf? This is soccer. That is two different sports entirely. It's just that there's a certain level of insanity and a very liberal interpretation of the rules and how things get called. That well, that's just Concacaf.
1: That was a very Concacafy game, though.
0: Yeah, I think well, I not unlike most USA Mexico games that, but that's like. If you want a textbook example of what a CONCACAF game is, yep, there it is. Except this time the U.S. won. The U.S. has won against Mexico before.
2: It's been how many years, Kyle? It's been eight years since the U.S. has beat Mexico in a competitive match, and I think it's probably been about that long since the U.S. have gone into a game against Mexico without being the underdog. I think this game was – I don't think U.S. were the favorites necessarily in this. And I'm not talking betting favorites. I'm just talking if we're looking at this and going, like, who who do we think is going to win? I think this was a very coin flip game, whereas I think every other game versus Mexico for probably at least the last eight years has been a, oh, this is going to be a, a mountain to climb for the U.S. I mean, it yeah. kind of was in this instance it, it,
1: not as much. It wasn't like a, a huge mountain, but it was still like a hill to climb.
2: I, you no, would still so say that was Mexico a, th- is better. I, but we wouldn't because they lost, and I didn't think they were better talent-wise in the first place. I think I think the thing from this game was the U.S. has a ridiculous amount of talent in this team. Are they ready to take that next step? It wasn't, hey, can the U.S. be scrappy and pull it off? It was, can the U.S. with this really young talent finally start to hit their potential? I think it is a lot different than any other game has been for the u.s really honestly ever because there's never been a generation quite like this where we've got players who are i mean christian pulisic was was missed the switzerland game because he was you know having that little i don't know what they call it the um the league of of champions or something like that i don't know it's a pretty unimportant thing they do over in europe not not in my top four leagues so (laughs) so so i mean to have to have that to have all these players involved in top clubs, you have Serginio Dest who's playing for Barcelona, Weston McKennie who's with Juventus, Tyler Adams with Leipzig, Yunus uh, Mensa with uh, with Valencia. Like you've got all these guys playing for really big clubs over in Europe. This is the first time that the U.S. has had that, and so now it was okay. Sure, they're playing for good clubs, but they're really young. So can they actually compete with Mexico, which has had a history of being very good in Concacaf? because they're dominant at the club level in CONCACAF and have managed to have a handful of players go over and have some pretty good success in Europe. But I think this, this was kind of that turning point for can the U S overtake Mexico and establish dominance. And, and I think winning a game and especially winning it ugly shows that the team has hit that maturity that they needed to get to, to be able to overtake Mexico. You can't overtake, you can't be the best team in CONCACAF by just being talented and being technically proficient. You have to be able to deal with CONCACAF and come out on top and not make the excuse of, well, you know, of course we can't do anything because they're just hacking us down the entire time, which is what CONCACAF is. To ever see a card in a CONCACAF match is incredibly rare. So it's just a whole different kind of beast for these players that a lot of them were not used to, and it's very different than their club atmosphere. So to come into that and be... Able to come away with a very resilient win is what the U.S. needed to do. But the U.S. weren't an underdog coming into this game. This was very much a coin flip. It wasn't whether the U.S. was capable of winning. It was just whether they would. And that said,
0: I don't. I, I'm not convinced by the win. Like I think that they had to have a lot of things go right in order for them to to pull out a victory against Mexico. Um, they needed. Horvath to make a, a penalty save they needed some help uh the only they needed a penalty of their own to get ahead
2: um, I
0: don't know I thought Mexico dominated a lot of that match and really- I do too
2: I, I do too I think I think the U.S. underperformed but the important thing is when you're in situations like that can you still come out on top and not collapse
0: Oh, yeah. No, I I do. I do agree with that. I think there is a a certain amount of pride that they can take away from that. However, I think if that match is played again, I don't I don't think the men's national team get a result. But that's but that's but that's a hypothetical. Like, yeah, I I think
2: if you I think if you I think that's why I describe the game as a coin flip, because I think if you play that game 10 times, you could have. Each team probably winning. ten different. You could have ten different outcomes. Right, ten different right. Ma- like, like, that's... like. Look at the first goal Mexico scored. That wasn't a goal that Mexico scored because of how great Mexico was. It was a goal that they scored like, because of how abysmal of the U.S. defense was. Yeah, right. You look at uh, Giorena's goal on the rebound on the uh, miss shot by McKenney or the miss header when McKenney and the rebound, he was able to put it in. And McKenny scoring later, like the U.S. goals were very good goals. Yeah, and the and second and Mexico Pulistic, goal, really penalty. Good.
0: Pliskic's penalty was also probably one of the best penalties I've ever seen an American take.
1: Yeah, and in that clutch situation, like with the game on yeah. the line to go upper Top ninety. Corner.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, dude, that's that's a that's exactly how you want that penalty every single time.
2: Yeah, and so that's where, and even even with Horvath's save, which was also one of those like, yeah, you know, they had to have something like that. You're right. But to have a, a team that's capable enough to have your backup goalie come in, who didn't play a lot during his club season, so you could understand if he was a bit rusty, and to come in and make a dominant save like that to secure the game, a lot of, a lot are, of,
0: I can do that poppy energy, yeah, that. right. Yeah. And it was, but it wasn't you, even just that
1: save; it was like he he did well the whole second half and extra
0: time, right? Yeah, so he, the, played, so he played phenomenal in that coming in as a as a sub. Yeah, uh, and that's th- that's extremely hard as a goalie to to come in cold and and you know take over a match like that. So, kudos to him.
2: And I think I think that's the sign. That's the thing you want to see from the U.S. is to win a game where you don't play good. Obviously, you want to play good in every game, but you can understand with everything that's gone on in this last year. You can understand with the youth of the team, which is an incredibly young team. To come in and play ugly and still come away with the win and come away with the prestigious trophy is what you want.
0: I mean, look at it like this, right? Gerald DK has a CONCACAF uh, Nations League trophy. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo does not. Lionel Messi does not. Um, you can run down the list. David Beckham does not. Does Messi,
2: does Messi have a single international trophy?
0: Um... I I don't know off the top of my head. I I
2: I I don't believe he does. I,
0: did they not win Copa America?
2: Um, at some
1: point I feel like they did.
0: Yeah, I'm. I think I.
1: He was uh, the Golden Ball winner in one, a couple of the Copa Americas. Actually, yeah, no. They reached the nothing. final in '07.
2: The only he a, cup
0: he has won is, is, FIFA is the FIFA World cup.
2: Yeah. Which does not count. I do not count that.
0: Nope. Yep. Not in my personal record book either. So no, Messi does not Ar- have... Argentina
1: is just like one of those teams where they were great on paper, but then when it came to actually doing
0: something. Nope. I don't I don't count Club World Cup. I don't count Super Cup Champions League. No. Uh Copa del Rey, no. La Liga, again, doing a real league like the Scottish Premier League.
1: Who is your team in the
0: Scottish Premier League? Are you kidding me? I'm not a fascist, so Celtics. (laughs) You miss me with that Rangers crap.
1: (laughs) All right, well speaking of leo Messi i, I want to throw out just a random ass fact so uh the team captain for India's national team uh Sunil uh Chetri just surpassed Lionel Messi with his seventy fourth international goal yeah do it in a real league I don't even I don't even know where he plays
2: I mean oh he plays in it, Mumbai city oh no he plays right. for well, but those are those are those are club goals. I'm, I'm talking international goals. the 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 competition that you're playing against is just a little bit different than ball competition. Yes, yeah, I'm pretty Ju- sure. Just a little bit. Yeah. World Cup competition probably a little bit harder than random friendlies against Bangladesh. Right. Yeah. Played 117 a little, games a bit and different. scored
1: 74 goals. But you know like, who you know who the best R- 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 international goal scorer in the history of soccer is, right? Is it not Cristiano Ronaldo? No. Who is it? Brad do you know?
0: Uh fastest goal in international soccer?
1: No, the best goal scorer in international soccer ever.
0: Best goal scorer. Are we talking like goals per Yeah, minute? define best. No, like the most goal the wins? most
1: goals ever scored. Like the best and most proficient um, goal scorer.
2: No, see, proficient is different, though. Uh, it's it's Israeli or Israeli? Ooh, not Israeli. <laughs> it is Iranian legend Ali Dai. It's not 100, 109 goals, guys. Guys, you're 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 putting yourselves in a box here. Look, look further out. Can you just give whatever this answer I mean, is, so we don't have a bunch
0: of dead air? I mean, it's. <laughs> It's Marta, isn't it? No, it's Christine Sinclair. Christine Sinclair, okay. right. Yeah. yeah,
1: 186 international goals.
0: Yeah. I...
2: In how many matches?
0: 297. Okay. Yeah, that's that's, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, the person she passed, Abby Wambach, had 184
0: and 255. Yeah, and Marta... Only has a hundred nine, yeah. So, which is still nothing um, to, to like. Still nothing. Only only a hundred nine international goals. Yeah, only. Guys, come
2: on. um, I mean, how many does Alex how Morgan.
1: many does Ronaldo have?
2: Ronaldo has a hundred and three. So he will he will most likely become the leading scorer before his career is done
1: in the men's side. Yeah, it'll be the, like the in all time between men and women,
2: he'd be like sixth. Right, but there's a, it's. It's different. Like they don't play as many games on the men's side. True. And the level of, the level of competition I, is different because there's uh, not as many women's team women's nations that are as good at soccer. Like there's not as many countries that have put in the money and the time to develop women's soccer. Now so they have. Teams, I would say I would say it's harder to. I would say now it's harder
0: have. to do it in that many games though. 186 goals in 297 games over a 21 year career. Yeah, that's that's kind of hard to do. To be able to play at that high of a level for that long, like Canada, you say what you will, but they're they're no slouches when it comes to the, their women's team. No, no, sure. no,
2: they're not. I'm saying who they're playing. That's they play that's Concacaf. They play against the U.S. and and give me the other teams there besides Mexico. the U.S. That are really great. That okay, but I said that are good.
0: Okay, well, I mean Concacaf in general, like. There's, I know there's, that there's uh, really only four good teams in CONCACAF. That's,
2: that's my yeah, only point much. is that it, it is, it is, it doesn't mean she's unskilled. It just, they are just playing different. It's just, I just don't, I just don't, I just don't want like it to sound like we level. we are
0: diminishing that. Amount. No, no,
2: I'm not saying, yeah, so I'm not saying, I'm not saying the difference in level of competition is because she's playing against females and, and someone like, I'll use Ronaldo's as example as playing against men. I don't mean that. What no, I no, mean no. is that the bulk of Ronaldo's games have come against like top top European sides, which makes it significantly more difficult. And still has 109 goals in only 100 or 103 goals in 174 matches.
0: Which, uh, t- more to my point, being able to play at that high level for that long, I think is is really the thing I don't want to diminish there for Christine yeah. Sinclair. Yeah,
2: yeah, and they also do play more international matches on the women's level typically. Than they do on the men's, right? Because you, for example, you can play in the Olympics for the women, and it, it's different than it is for the men, right? They they're playing in more tournaments, they're playing, they're having more opportunities to play, whereas on the men's side they're not. I mean, Ronaldo has 174 games, but he's been playing for the national team since 2003. So to do that for, I mean, Christine years, Sinclair has playing been playing years. since 2000 for Canada, yeah. but has over a hundred more games in only three extra years. Yeah a good point
0: well portugal should do better that's all i'm saying
1: yeah
0: get good scrub yeah i mean and what if they it it
2: won? It. uh euros 2016 yeah not not a real do it in a real <laughs> league <laughs> didn't win the scottish scottish league so that's a good point or singapore s league yeah also true well so also, the, the bulk of the list of top international goal scorers of all time are from the, the Asian Football Confederation.
0: Yeah, the, so Australia basically had a petition to switch from the Oceania uh, Football Federation to move to Asia because they just got tired of beating everyone's ass in Oceania. So that number kind of gets flubbed a little bit now that – Australia has joined and those numbers might not be as lopsided as they once were.
2: Uh Clint Dempsey and Landon Donovan are also thirty sixth all time. There you go. Highest 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 ranking Americans. But not the highest ranking from CONCACAF, which would be Stern John from Trinidad and Tobago. Oh Stern John, what a guy.
0: Harry's actually pretty easy going guy.
1: He is. He played in MLS. I think he was rookie of the year at one point if I remember correctly. Who the hell did he He played for um Columbus. Columbus. Yeah.
0: Yep. So he had a lengthy career in the in England as well.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, he was he was all over the place. He was at Nottingham Nottingham, Birmingham, Coventry, Sunderland, Southampton, Bristol,
2: Crystal Palace, Ipswich. Jeez. Yeah, so of the of the it looks like I believe this list is top but this is, this is uh, players who have scored over 50 international goals. There are uh, – I'm trying to see how many are on this list because I don't want to have to count. <laughs> and there's a bunch that have, like, multiple people in the same ranking, so this doesn't give me an actual number. There are at least 80, it looks like, but I'm not getting the – oh, there's 66, it says on here, but that's not so. So right.
1: we, we need three more to get to the best number.
2: Well, so it's but if so, it, oh, it is. I see. Yeah, so it is sixty-six. And by confederation, you have the Oceania Football Confederation with zero, CONCACAF with six, Africa with six, CONMEBOL with eight. Then you have UEFA with twenty-one and the Asian Football Confederation with twenty-five. And that's partially because of the level of competition and also the amount of games that they're playing over there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Fair enough. So some, sometimes those numbers are a bit skewed when it's like, yeah, you know this this guy has you know nobody is saying this iranian player with 109 goals is the greatest international goal scorer of all time even though he does have the highest numbers it's a lot more impressive to do them when you're playing against france and germany and spain and italy and yes so on and so forth
1: all of that all right any other things on the uh national team US d-
2: yeah good uh
1: world cup favorites fantastic especially when they host i think they'll I'll th- i think that when they host they will qualify for sure
2: that was the joke yep. yeah it just it just wasn't a good one yeah yeah, yeah.
1: and so we move on <laughs> from international competition to friendlies now the Florida Cup has existed no. in the uh, state of Florida. They have had a number of different teams that have come through and and some of them have been kind of fun, you know the, some of them there are teams that you would never see ever come to Florida for any reason. and it, it was cool. you got you had teams from Brazil, you had teams from Germany, you had teams from Colombia, Ecuador. They all came to the Florida Cup to play in Orlando. That was really cool. This year, however, rather than getting some of those South American and German teams, they went out and got Arsenal, Everton, Mijonarios from Colombia, and Inter Milan. Hell yeah. What a step up.
0: Yeah, that's, that's huge to get uh, the current Serie A champion, right? And mm-hmm. it did end up winning. Guys, um, they
1: got three of the four Super League teams.
0: Oh, my God. Is Super League relocating to America? <laughs> that was the plan all along, guys. Come on. Florida Cup is like a shell corporation for the Super League. <laughs> it's a testing ground. Give the people what they want. Yeah. Or actually give them exactly what they didn't and... Almost <laughs> vehemently and del- and denied <laughs> and and almost delayed a Premier League match twice over.
1: <laughs> yeah, but anyways, Arsenal and Everton, two Premier League clubs that could end up playing they, each other.
2: Are they though? Are they? Are they Premier League clubs? Are they? When you want to brag about getting Premier League club Premier League clubs, are those really the teams that you want? Um comparatively
1: to the teams they've gotten in the past you take what you can get plus i would say that there's a decent amount of arsenal fans and a, a smattering of everton fans
2: here in the fairly florida
0: fairly okay amount of and not only that but i mean people are going to travel to those games too so i i'm not yeah. talking
2: about are you going to get people there i'm not talking about other fans i'm saying are they good teams it sounds like you're just upset that manchester united isn't coming no, even if they were coming, I wouldn't care. It's preseason. You will never get me to care about a preseason tournament of any. If kind. you could go I mean, to a game, yeah, that is in your backyard a, to see your to favorite say you've
0: team, been to a Manchester United game,
2: I but it wouldn't be because I I would be watching mostly second or third tier players playing with the occasional maybe a star or two are gonna play for the first half just because it helps sell tickets. And none of them care about the game, so none of them are actually playing. Because, again, it's preseason, and they're trying to gain fitness. Like, I would never pay to pay to go to a preseason game. If I was given tickets, I would possibly go, depending on if I had to pay for parking. That's how little <laughs> I care about preseason in any sport. Stinky! What? What about if it is stinky inside? I mean, what about stinky. it? What about yeah.
0: if it is? Not... Listen, there's there's a level of plastic that I'm not comfortable with here. You go out, you support your team. I don't care who's playing in that match. If I if I have an opportunity to go see an Arsenal match, I will take everything I can do to go see that Arsenal match. Now, here
1: is the um, the details on that: July twenty fifth, which is a Sunday, Arsenal and Inter Milan will play. Then do I have Everton do I have any illusions
0: that that Lacazette, Aubameyang, Kieran Tierney, all those guys, are they going to be playing? No, probably not. Uh, Saka? No. Emile Smith-Rowe? Probably not. Probably none of those big-name players. Don't really care. I'm just happy to go see an Arsenal match.
1: Now, here's the thing. If you buy tickets to one game, you get tickets to the other game. Same thing for the final and third-place match. So, it- And they do have a two-day pass as well. Yeah. So, the first games are on Sunday. Second games are on Wednesday, July 28th. Now, Inter Milan and Arsenal. Kind of a a little bit of a toss-up to see who would win. I would probably go with Inter over Arsenal, which means that if Everton beats Misionarios, then Arsenal and Everton would not play each other.
0: Mm. Which is a shame. But yeah, if
1: Arsenal true. and Everton win, they'd play in the final, which would be pretty fun.
0: So we could actually get that all England f- cup final that that would be interesting to watch. Oh, yeah. I was going to finish that.
1: Yeah. I I think that would be uh, a real ticket seller if that would be the case.
0: Because the, the, the other one that happened earlier wasn't really all that great. So.
1: It was one nothing.
0: Yeah. Super thrilling. Yep.
1: Super stressful if you were a fan of uh either of those teams though.
0: Felt like falling asleep like I was watching the uh Jake was it Jake or Logan? I don't care. Paul yeah. Brother and uh Floyd fight. Yeah. That I nearly fell asleep watching.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I mean Floyd Mayweather said, and I quote, When it comes to legalized bank robbing, I'm the best. So it
2: speaks to how great that fight was. I'd like to introduce him to the U.S. government, who are significantly (laughs) better at it than he is. This is fair.
1: All right. Well, Florida Cup, we'll talk more about that as it comes because uh, it won't happen until the end of July. So we've got some time before it ends up happening. Uh, They probably will be doing a lot of different events to lead up to the Florida Cup, which means they'll have, like, hopefully some meet and greets or signings or something like that which they usually end up probably playing. not given how we're still in a pandemic. So yeah, but considering that they're opening up full to fans, I don't know.
0: That's uh, true.
1: I mean, eh, we'll see. Anyways, last couple things in terms of local soccer that are going along. The OC Academy 23s played their second to last game of the season and lost to Inter three to two. This, uh, was only their second loss of the season, which their first one was to CFL Gosa Spurs back in April. Their last game of the season is on Wednesday, June 9th against Jacksonville FC, which I believe if they win that one, they will finish second because OFC Barca has not lost at all in the season. So former... Orlando Seawolves players on OFC Barca. Best team in the league. Also OC Academy 23's have not played an away game this season. Which is the only team to not play an away game this season. Not sure how fair that is to everybody else where they have to come to them. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, There are playoffs as far as I understand it. So we'll see if OC Academy 23 do anything in that. But They'll have to play out their last game of the season to see where they finish. I don't think... Uh, they're tied with Interjax as of right now on points. Which means if they win, they will finish second outright. And if they lose, they could finish third. Well, anyway, that's, that's all. Because again, these games don't really matter. Then, the NPSL, Central Florida Panthers... Drew 2 2 against Boca Raton FC. They're at the midway point of their season. They have 1 2, drawn 2, and lost 2. Or lost. Sorry, they lost 2, drawn 1, and 1 2. That is the official record of the Central Florida Panthers. They have five games remaining. The next five games that they will be playing, four of them will be on the road. Their last home game of the season is on June 26th at Lake Howell High School. Outside of that, all their other games will be in South Florida. And Will Johnson has only played in three games thus far this season for them as well. Okay. I think that's enough soccer, which means it's time to get into some weird news. As we always do, we finish out the show with weird news and red cards. Weird news being pretty self-explanatory. It's weird news. We're going to share some fun weird news. And then red cards is whatever we're upset about that we want to give a red card to. So, gentlemen, have at it. Give me your weird news first.
0: Uh, So, it is June. June is Pride Month. Uh unfortunately during pride month we also still have an ongoing war uh war of course i'm talking about is the chicken sandwich wars and how it relates in the pride is that burger king declares war on chick-fil-a over lgbtqia plus rights uh in a tweet they have now that they sent out it says, quote, the hashtag Chick King says LGBTQ plus rights during Pride Month, even on Sundays with an eyes emoji, your chicken sandwich craving can do good. We are making a donation with an asterisk to HRC, the human rights uh, campaign for every Chick sold. And then there's a pride flag there uh, that, uh, Asterix there is letting you know that they will donate up to $250,000 of the proceeds from its uh, new premium chicken sandwich, the Chick King, to the Human Rights Campaign. Uh, For every handbreaded chicken sold, chicken sandwich sold, 40 cents will go to the charity. Uh, That eyes emoji and saying, even on Sundays, um, well, uh, latest news uh, coming out, that Chick-fil-A famously uh, donating to... Uh, conservative groups that fought against uh, uh, LGBTQIA plus rights uh, found out that its CEO, Dan Cathy, uh still, still donating to those groups. So, yeah, that's a not-so-subtle jab at the, uh, the uh, well, for lack of a better word, well, no, let's just call it what it is. Bigoted uh, Chicken Company. So, there we go. Yes. Uh, good on you, Burger King, I guess. You're still... Uh, still got to make up for that really weird uh international women's day tweet but i guess this is a good step in the right direction
2: fair enough all it's, right it's Kyle. a shame they make it's a shame they make so little money that they could only give $250,000 i know they're a poor struggling company yeah yeah the the famously struggling uh burger chain uh burger king all right well i've got a great one for you with an incredible headline. This is coming from uh, <laughs> Oh, this is coming from the Tampa Bay Times mm. via the Charlotte Observer. Which cool. We're just reposting other people's articles. Whatever. Just
0: you know, just a newspaper aggregating content. That's all that's all, right, all we're doing now.
2: So here here we go. Here's a great story. She set fire to a car. She thought it was her ex's. It wasn't. Nineteen year old woman was arrested in Florida after setting fire to a car she mistakenly believed belonged to her ex boyfriend, according to the Clearwater Police Department. The woman was caught on surveillance video setting a Honda Accord on fire, and there is a video. The way Kyle initially read
0: that, it sounded like uh that walk the moon song Shut Up and Dance. Like it was like something adjacent to that or what it was gonna set up there.
1: All right, my weird news. We all know that uh, fashion can be very confusing sometimes. And um, companies will sell things that make you think, why the hell are you selling that? Well, here we go. This is another one. This company is currently producing jeans that make you look like you wet yourself. Mm. And it's, uh, they call it uh, wet look, dry feel. <laughs> the, the, the company is called Wet Pants Denim. Uh, their quote is Here at Wet Pants Denim, we're delivering an identical style without the need to feel uncomfortable. Our jeans are individually proc- procured for each order and hand dyed, ensuring that every pair is one of a kind. We also make hats. I can't tell if this is real or not. Like it just sounds like it's fake. I don't know, but it's, I have ordered three pairs. It
0: it, it made me think of. Uh, they just announced. Uh, I think you should leave. Season two is coming back. Uh, was it July sixth? And so it imme- immediately made me think of the TC Tuckers. It was like you don't make jokes about the wet look dry pants you don't wear them as a joke you don't give them as a joke gift or wear them ironically or do pub crawls in them like the snuggie they're not the snuggie
1: i just went to their website and it says uh wet pants denim wet look dry feel own the aesthetic without the discomfort the jeans wet pants denim delivers the appearance and uh, of authentic urinary incontinence without the commonly experienced discomfort How to order. Every pair is individually prepared by hand, ensuring the utmost attention to detail and enabling a fully custom design of the splash pattern. The hats. Love the brand, but hate the product. This is for you. Available in multiple colors with an adjustable fit. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. It's $75
2: per pair. Yeah, I I bought three. (laughs) In additional fashion news, we'll do an extra weird news this week in, in memory of Gavin and Brent, who are no longer with us. A 53-year-old woman in Florida went into an Outback naked and like destroyed the bar and then had to get tased. She didn't <laughs> have to get tased. She was tased. And that was That was quite the experience as well. All I will say is meth can do wonders for the body of a 53-year-old.
0: That sounds more of a ketamine.
2: Crazy stuff.
1: Well, let's go into red cards then, since we've got our weird news done. Who's got some good weird red cards this week?
0: Um, I got red cards for anyone who actually bought the uh, Paul Mayweather fight. Like, you know, you know what it is at this point. Like, it's just a spectacle. There, even the rules said there was there was no winner, and the only there were only knockouts were allowed. So. Uh, what outcome did you expect, really? I mean, apart from the part where Floyd actually knocked him out and had to hold him up to prevent him from, like, being exposed. I guess, um, yeah, that's that's been his whole career. Is that people want to see that people want to see this guy that, rightfully so, that a lot of people hate, um, get knocked out and. Uh, they, they pay for that hope that maybe he will, and then they get upset when he isn't, and it's like, well, what do you expect at this point? Like, It's just Sideshow Bob stepping on rake after rake after rake.
2: <laughs> Kyle, do you have one? I actually do not really have a very passionate red card, so I'm just going to give a, another red card to Destiny 2 for being Destiny.
1: All right. I mean, I don't, I don't have anything, so I guess we'll, we'll call it there, guys. You good with that.
0: Uh yeah. Uh, they added Man Eater to Game Pass a while back, and I've been playing a lot of that, and it's, it's really fun. Uh, is that the shark one. The shark Shark Simulator is exactly the kind of game I needed in my life. So
1: who's the the narrator of that game? Is uh, Chris Parnell. Yes. Yes, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm.
0: It's a great game.
1: Yes. Well, with that glowing review of Maneater, I think we'll call it a day. So, for Kyle Foley and for the Honorable Brad Newton, my name is Austin David. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. Next week, uh, potentially, we'll be having a special guest talking about the Florida Cup. Stay tuned to that. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you later. you dirty brown water trash. And you're always going to be dirty brown, water trash.